Welcome to Missionary Talks, where we talk with missionaries and learn about their lives and work. Today I'm talking with Lonnie Blau. He's a missionary along with his family to Ethiopia. Lonnie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, Dave. We have four children, my wife and I, Nadja, and we will be returning to Ethiopia as church planting missionaries, Lord willing, at the end of next year. You say returning to Ethiopia. Have you been there before? Um, yes, we were there for a tour of duty back uh, between 1998 and 2004. God tremendously blessed. We were able to uh, be used of God to start a church there and also a Bible institute. But we were home for a furlough in 2004. I uh, had every intention to return back to Ethiopia in a few months. But uh, Dave, God began to work in our lives and show a a different direction that he wanted to to take us down. I didn't understand all of that, but I was willing. And we made it a real matter of prayer. Uh, My home church uh, needed an associate pastor. And uh, after a lot of prayer, I I decided that that's what God wanted. It was a very difficult decision to come off the foreign mission field. But, you know, God proved himself faithful in so many ways. Uh, For example... Uh, we had some health needs to take care of, specifically a, uh, a problem that I had in my right eye. It was a problem that was caused by a parasite, and had I not taken care of that, I could have gone blind. Uh, I praise the Lord that after several surgeries uh, that has been resolved, I, I am legally blind in my right eye, but I do have peripheral vision. But we praise God for His providential plan in our lives. But you know, Dave, uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, I begin to get a burning, a burning burden in my heart to get back on the foreign mission field. It, it was about all I could think about. Uh, Dave, I literally would wake up in the middle of the night and pray and beg and ask God to once again let me be his foreign missionary. And, and I didn't know where it would be. And so my wife and I, we prayed intently about that. My pastor and other key counselors, we, we really made it a matter of prayer. Of course, Ethiopia was uh, on our hearts, uh, our first love as far as foreign missions. Uh, but we didn't know if that was just a, a sentimental tie. So I had an opportunity to, opportunity to take uh, two different mission trips, one to Costa Rica and one to Madagascar. And I really thought that God would lead us to one of those two countries. But actually, through those trips, he confirmed to me that he was going to allow us to go back to Ethiopia. It made so much sense, of course, because of the language and and uh, our connections there with uh, a church that we had already started, and God was blessing in a Bible institute. And so um, now we're back on deputation on our way to Ethiopia. How did the Lord lead you to Ethiopia to begin with when you went the first time around? What were the steps that God used to get you there? I had no idea that God would call us to be foreign missionaries. I grew up in a good Christian home with the idea that we would do whatever God wanted us to do. I was pastoring a church, actually, in Indiana, and we would have our annual missions conference. And uh, one year we had um, Dr. Richard Vick uh, come in, and uh, he was our keynote speaker. And I remember around the supper table one night, he said to our little daughter, Elizabeth, he said, Elizabeth, how would you like to have a monkey as a pet someday? And, of course, she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, 
well, then you need to pray that your mommy and daddy become missionaries to Africa. And anyway, that was the beginning of of uh, God opening up the door of the possibility. And uh, we had been praying, actually, that God would would call missionaries from our church. And indeed, God answered that prayer, <laughs> and he called us. And so uh, we were delighted to go. Being on deputation the second time, what's different about it now for you? Do you have a different attitude, a different mindset uh, with def- deputation? And what would you say that a new missionary needs to get in his head uh, before he goes out? Some of us struggled with it the first time around. You're going through it the second time. What have you learned? Oh, my. I could I could say so much, not that I think that I know so much, but that you learn things along the way. But I, I'll tell you one thing that's really grabbing me this time is my motivation. I'm not saying that my motivation necessarily was wrong last time, but I think that God has allowed His work and His grace in my life to help my motivation to grow, to develop. Why in the world would I return back to Ethiopia a second time? Just share this with you. This is our theme verse as we return back this time. Revelation 5 and verse 12 saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. You see, Dave, we go to Ethiopia because we love the Ethiopians. But far and above we go to Ethiopia because we love the Lamb of God, because He is worthy. And I think if we can, uh, on deputation, whether it be or if you're just starting out on deputation or if you're involved in it for some time, we need to remember the motivation is not man. Uh, That is the end result of our motivation to please God. He is worthy. How do you expect it to be different now, five years later, uh, being able to get products and stuff? I know the world has changed a lot in five years. Yeah, you're very, very right about that. Uh, interesting enough, in Ethiopia, they're on a different calendar. And so they just celebrated their new millennium in 2007. And in preparation for that, they spruced up the city, they built it up. And as a result of that, things now have, have escalated in prices and whatnot. But uh, we don't really know all of the changes that have been made. But when we were there, uh, things were relatively hard to, uh, to to come by. Um, we brought most of our things with us. I'm not talking about uh, uh, perishable items like food and so forth, but home items, you know, shampoo, that kind of thing. And we, we actually brought them with us. We had about, we couldn't use a container because Ethiopia is landlocked. So we actually brought about, I think, 20 of these big tubs with us. And, and shopping in Ethiopia has still remained uh, uh, very simple. The, the increase in the stores and whatnot is basically for the rich man. But for the common man in Ethiopia, the average Ethiopian, Dave, makes a little over $100 a year. Uh, they live from day to day. And so we would do our shopping in um, a lot of times in little what they call souks, just little shoebox stores. And uh, now we could get some things in kind of a European-style store, 
but those were imports. They were a little more expensive. But we love vegetables, fruits, and those were easily obtained there. Can you tell us something about Ethiopia that we probably don't know? Well, Ethiopia, um, it, it's a very intriguing country. Uh, they refer to themselves as the land of 13 months of sunshine. Because of their calendar, they actually have 13 months. And um, another thing about Ethiopia is that they claim that they have the Ark of the Covenant there. Now, uh, I was never there to really debate that issue, but it, it was very intriguing. The, the Ethiopian national church there is the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. And in fact, to be a part of that, each of those churches, they have to have a replica of the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, and they're, they're very um, big on ceremonies there. The burden on our, on our hearts is the fact that most of the people in Ethiopia, now Dave, we're talking about a, a, a country that has 80 million people. It's the third most populated country on the continent of Africa. And out of those 80 million people, most of them do not know for sure that if they died today, they would go to heaven. Most of them are shrouded in the darkness of false religions. Uh, it's the only country in Africa that was never colonized. So they're very proud of that. As you go back, it, things have changed. What are some of the things that you imagine are going to be struggles for you as a family? Uh, I'm sure you went through culture shock. You struggled with things before. What are you kind of anticipating maybe as your children have gotten older that you're going to have to deal with? Well, it's interesting that you should mention that, Dave, because uh, quite honestly, that was probably the hardest part uh, of surrender to the Lord this time. And I prayed months about that. And uh, But I fully believe that when we are in the center of God's will, that is the happiest place to be in all the world. And when Daddy's happy, Mommy's happy, because we're doing God's will, the children will be happy eventually in God's time, in God's way. I, I fully believe that. Now, the opposite of that, you have an advantage over most missionaries going to the field. You've been there. Yeah. What are you looking forward to getting back to and some of the blessings that you're excited about being there? Oh, my. Do I have all night? <laughs> I'll tell you, Dave, um, I long. I long for the sights of Ethiopia, the beautiful villages. I'm talking about beautiful if you'll see them through the eyes of Jesus. And I'm not saying I'm some super spiritual saint, but I'm telling you it's a beautiful place. If you look at the opportunities that are there, uh, I, I long to be able to mingle with people in the marketplaces and, and to know the opportunities, Dave, that wherever you look, there's a ripe harvest field. It, that just that grabs me. I long for even some of the the smells of Ethiopia, if you can believe it. Uh, Dave, the uh, the Ethiopians have good good evidence, and I believe them that the Ethiopia is the original home of the coffee bean. And so, my favorite coffee in all the world is from Ethiopia. And so I long to smell that in the eucalyptus trees and even some of the wild country smells that I'll not describe. <laughs> but I long 
for some of the, the sounds of Ethiopia, the donkeys braying off in the countryside, Dave to be sitting in a church and to hear the people and their hunger for the teaching of God's Word. Now, Dave, we're not talking about a brick-structured church. We're talking about a mud hut church, people sitting in the dirt but drinking and thirsting for God's Word. And every once in a while, they'll cut loose with a... Now, the first time I heard that, Dave, I about jumped out of my skin. I didn't know what in the world. And I asked Dr. Vic what that was all about. And he said, well, Lonnie, here in Ethiopia, that's how they say amen. So I, my heart pounds to hear some more of that. And, and just to be with the people who are so needy. And I don't mean that we are so great as an American and they're so far down. I don't mean that way. What I mean is that they uh, need to hear the truth of God's Word. I guess what I'm trying to describe is a very special verse in my heart uh, from Second Corinthians 4 and verse 7. But we have this treasure, and that's talking about the gospel. We, we who know the Lord, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's our bodies. Just uh, simple clay pottery that can be and should be broken. Why? So that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Dave, we don't go there with the power of our personality or the power of a certain program, the power of being a a rich American, we go there with the power of God. And I long to get back there. Do you have a story from Ethiopia you'd like to share with us? I'll tell you the story about a, a, a little boy uh, back when he was just about five years old, lived out in the countryside, and he was playing with a ball. And the ball exploded. It was a hand grenade. The, the family, they thought for sure that this little boy testified was dead. They were making preparations to bury him, which in Ethiopia is very speedily. And as they were getting ready to bury him, they realized that he was still just barely alive. Now they had to get him medical attention. And uh, in order to do that, they had to travel 12 hours to the capital city. It was a miracle that that little boy survived. But it was God's miracle. It was God's miracle that that little boy would one day hear the gospel and get saved. And then that little boy would grow up and one day become the pastor of the church that I had the pleasure of starting and, and be the director of the Bible Institute there that we started. And this little boy, if you were, of course, now a man, a Tesfigosa is his name. And if you were to meet him, you would describe him, at least inwardly, you, were, you would be thinking, there's an ugly man. And you know, he is, he has hideous scars on his face. He's blind. He's uh, missing one arm. And his other hand is just stubs. But I'll tell you, Dave, he's one of the most beautiful men you'd ever meet, spiritually. And uh, him and I have become good friends. We've become soul-winning buddies. We go throughout Ethiopia, wherever God opens the door, and we lead people to the Lord. We kind of joke with each other. He says that, that I'm his eyes, 
and he's my mouth uh, because he speaks the language and, of course, I can see. And so we go arm in arm, literally arm in arm, and uh, lead people to the Lord. But I praise God for Tess Vigosa. Well, thank you for your time, Lonnie. As we close, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? I would like to just encourage that if you are perhaps wondering, uh, how can I be involved in missions? I I want you to just remember that God can use anybody that is willing. If you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, and you uh, are, are growing in the Word of God, and growing in a good church and so forth, and I want to encourage you to remember that you can be used of God in a great way. Uh, whether it be the mission field across the street from where you live, or the mission field across the seas. And friend, I want to encourage you not to stamp out the possibility that God could use you across the seas. God can use anybody that is willing. He will use any of his children that are willing. And they're just simply willing to be used of him in wherever that may lead. I want to encourage you to remember that life is short. Our our life is but a vapor. It appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. I want to encourage you to invest your life with a vision for missions. You've been listening to Missionary Talks with David Peach. Please visit us at missionarytalks.com.